Hey everybody, this is Doug Schauff with Remax Oceanside at MakeManYourHome.com. In this episode of the Make Man Your Home uh, podcast, I'm, I'm going to talk about uh, the home buying process and in particular first-time home buyers. So if you are somebody out there and you thought, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy a house, whether it's your first time or or not, uh, this this hopefully will be some some good information for you. But if you are a first-time home buyer, first off, congratulations on the decision uh, to buy a house. Um, it's it's an exciting process and it's a lot of fun. Uh, can be stressful, but hopefully this uh, hopefully this will will take some pressure off of that and take some stress off of the uh, um, the process in general. Um, so I'm going to jump right in, and I you know I I got a I got kind of some notes here and an outline of of what to talk about. And really, the first thing is uh, what do you do first? You know, okay, you're kind of you're talking, you know, thinking to yourself or you're talking to your spouse or a loved one. You're like, Hey, I want to buy a house. You know, what do I, what do I do now? And before we get into like the pre-approval and the lending process and all that, really, I thought I'd talk about in, in my world, being a real estate broker, the first thing you should do is talk to a professional. You know, you could do some internet research and kind of get used to, you know, what's going on. Uh, but I do recommend sitting down with a real estate broker. Um, there's no pressure, of course, if you, if you called me, I could sit down with you and kind of explain the whole process and help point you in the right direction. Or if you know somebody's a real estate broker and you want to talk to them, um, either way, that the, the first step to me is to contact a professional and talk about the home buying process. What I do when I, when I meet uh, people, I give them a few things. Um, I have a, a booklet, I guess I would call it. It's called buying, you know, buying a home. And this, I actually, it comes out quarterly uh, from a service that I use. So there's a lot of great information here as far as what uh, what's happening in the market right now. So some of the information I'm not necessarily going to talk about right this second because it changes every quarter. And uh, that way, you know, whenever you're buying a house or whenever you're watching this, you can call, you can get an updated one. Just shoot me an email or you can download it from my website. I'll try to remember to put the link to it in the uh, comments or the notes um, of this video or podcast so you can uh, check it out. Um, anyway, this booklet has a ton of great information in it. As far as you know, what to do first, what's happening in the market, um, how the whole process works, and I'll use this as an outline as, as we talk. Uh, but again, before we get into this, I just want to talk about the relationship that you have with a real estate broker. See, here in the state of Maine, um, the state of Maine requires that we give out this form to every person we talk to. All right. So if you if you've gone to any kind of like open houses or you've met a real estate broker before, chances are somebody's handed this to you, whether they've explained it to you or not um, might be different. But we are required to give this to people as we talk to them. And what this form is, is it, it explains the relationship between you as a consumer and me as a real estate broker. And. I'll touch on a couple things here that it talks about. You know, before we actually uh, contract up, I call it, meaning you know, you make me your broker. Um, in the eyes of the state, we are you're considered a customer, and I'll explain here. And before we contract up. Us real estate brokers, by, by law, we're required to do certain duties. Um, 
for you as a customer before we uh, contract up. Things like disclose all material defects pertaining to the physical condition of the real estate. You know, treat both buyers and sellers honestly and you know, you can't lie, you can't give false information. You know, account for all money and property you know, received on behalf of the buyer seller, meaning like earnest money, things like that. And of course, to comply to all state and federal level laws. Okay, so those are the things that, that we are uh, required by law to do to just about everybody. Um, notice in there, I did not say anything about giving advice or anything like that. As a matter of fact, in this next paragraph, it says, until you enter into a brokerage agreement, we we may not act as your agent. We may not, which means we may not give you advice and things like that. So until we uh, you become what we call, what the state calls a client in this next section, uh, we're actually not allowed to do certain things. Um, so that's why if you've ever talked to a broker, they, you know, we kind of instantly like, hey, are you working with a buyer broker? And hey, you know, uh, what do you, you know, and it's starting to explain all this and all that kind of stuff. It's not necessarily that we're um, trying to make you sign a contract or anything like that, which of course, you know, that is part of our process to, you know, to work with buyers and sellers, but it is by law that we have to explain this. Okay. So now, once you become a client and you contract up with someone, then you get a much higher level of service. You know, then we can, you know, uh, advise, you know, for seller clients, you know, the agent puts the sellers at, uh, you know, they're, they always look out for their best interest and for buyers, which is what this is about. Um, you know, we, we, uh, we act on your best interest. We help negotiate for the best prices, the best terms, et cetera, et cetera. We maintain confidentiality, um, all that kind of stuff. And we are also, you know, your, specific broker. Now, the benefits to using one broker from your side is that you get one person that you that you deal with, you know, when you're on, uh, you know, realtor.com, zillow.com, looking at houses and stuff like that. You get to funnel everything through one broker, makes it a lot easier for you um, and all that. And then on, on our side, on the broker side, we get to work harder for you when we're contracted up. You may or may not know this, but all real estate brokers, at least all real estate brokers that I'm familiar with, we don't get paid until we're sitting at the closing table with you and you're a happy client buying a house. Uh, we're not salaried, you know, people or anything like that. So by us knowing that we're contracted up and knowing you're going to buy a house through us, we can then work harder for you um, to get you what you want and to help find you what you need and all those types of things. Um, so anyway, that's a that's a great place to start is to sit down with a professional and and talk about all these things. Now I'll go back to this uh, this booklet here, and I'm gonna you know the first few pages of this booklet are about the current marketplace, which again I'm not necessarily gonna touch on. But then there comes uh, some information that's you know just is good for any time. And there's kind of like a, like a glossary or like, you know, what, what certain terms mean, like, um, like appraisal, for example, like, do you, do you know what an appraisal, um, is? And that's basically when, if you're financing a home, the bank is going to want to make sure the value of the property is there before they lend on it. And they get what they call an appraisal, which means uh, somebody comes out to the house, they look at comparable houses in the neighborhood that have sold and make comparisons and try to, to find what they feel is a good value for the house. And that's what the appraisal is. You know, closing costs are things that, you know, fees and taxes and insurance and stuff that, 
that you have to pay when you're purchasing a house, you know, and that's that's something that uh, we'll talk about um, in a minute when we get to the lending process on how we can either roll that in or into your loan and things like that. Credit score. Hopefully, you know what your credit score is. Um, this is like the. Um, you know what? What lenders are going to look at to determine if you're uh, worthy of uh, of lending, of borrowing money, things like that. Down payment. Now I'll touch on this for a second because a lot of people think that you need to put 20% down on a home. Historically, that's kind of what you know people have done, um, but you really don't. There's a lot of programs out there that you can go, geez, even zero money down. Um, you know, through like a rural development program or a VA loan, things like that. You can do no money down. Um, most most loans now. Like FHA or even conventional, you can do three and a half or five percent down, things like that, ten percent. So you don't need a full twenty percent when you're looking at this. You can come up with a little bit of money and still be able to purchase a home. Um, mortgage interest rates, pre-approval letter, uh, things like that. Um, a, a lender can can. Uh, can talk to you uh, more about that, and, and that's a good kind of segue into the next section, which is getting your pre-approval and talking to a lender. Um, you can use, of course, call any bank that you want. If you you know are working with a bank and you want to talk to them, that's great. Um, there are there's also mortgage brokers out there, which again, if you call. You know, your professional first. I work with a lot of, of lenders that I can point you in the right direction. Um, I don't make any money on lending. Real estate brokers can't make any money on lending. And uh, but it, to me, it's more about the service that you can get. And so I can refer you out to some uh, some people to help you out to get you pre-approved. Now, what a pre-approval is is a lender will look at your credit score, look at your debt to income, make sure that you. Um, are capable of taking out a loan from that perspective, and then also what kind of loan can they give you? Like how much can you afford? You know that type of thing. So they'll be able to say, "Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you are approved for you know three hundred thousand, one hundred fifty thousand, five hundred thousand. You know they'll be able to tell you exactly what you're approved for. You'll probably have a rough idea, of course, of what you can get um, if you've done any you know research online, things like that. But talking to a lender, you'll get a pre-approval letter. Now that is important because when you're house hunting. You're going to need that pre-approval letter if you decide to put an offer in on a property, and we'll talk about that when we get there. But you—that is one of the first steps um, to do. Get your pre-approval letter. Make sure you know exactly what you can afford. Make sure you know exactly how much cash you have to put down. Make sure you have money for the closing costs. Those types of things. Now, when it comes to closing costs, sometimes like a you know on a Three, four hundred thousand dollar house. You know, closing costs could be four or five thousand dollars, maybe even more. Now, that is what they call prepaids um, as well, meaning. Most mortgages that you take out will pay your taxes for your property taxes and your um, insurance, homeowners insurance. Okay for you. They'll pay them for you. So what you do is every payment, a little bit of money grows into an escrow account. And then when those bills come due, they pay it for you. So when you buy a house, there's obviously no money in those escrow accounts for the banks to pay those bills. So what the bank says is, hey, we need to fill up these hoppers. You know, We need a certain amount of money for taxes and insurance. And that's what I mean by prepaids. And that would all be kind of under the umbrella of closing costs. So if your closing costs are four or $5,000, we can ask for the seller of the property that you're buying to pay for some of those closing costs. Okay, you might need to use it in a negotiation tool. Like if it's a, you know, if it's two hundred thousand dollar house, and you want to offer a two hundred thousand dollar offer, 
you might write it up as 205 and then ask for $5,000 back for closing, you know, to be able to roll it into your loan, those types of things. So, so anyway, um, that's a, that's a great next step or really the first step after sitting down with a professional is to get yourself the finances in order to, so you know exactly what you're looking for. And then the next stage is it's house hunting time. You know, you've, you've met with a broker, You've contracted up with a broker, you've talked to a lender, you're pre-approved, now you're ready to fly, okay? Now it's house hunting time. Now, how I work with my clients, and may, not everybody might do this, but you know, how I work with it is I talk to my clients and I say, look, we, we both have a job, okay? Your job as a buyer, I say, you can look through realtor.com, zillow.com, all of that all of those houses that are listed there come from a service called MLS. It's the MLS service that, that, that broadcasts all the listings, okay? I don't spend a whole lot of time combing through the MLS system for you because that's all public knowledge, all right? So I say, look, your job while you're sitting on the couch or you know, looking on your iPhone, um, looking at homes, if you see anything you like, let me know. We can then schedule some showings. We can meet out. We can group them together and go see five houses on a weekend, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, I, I keep a little bit of an eye on MLS just to keep updated, but a lot of times you might send me something and say, hey, have you seen this? And I may not have, you know. So what I spend my time, what my job is for you is I hunt for properties that aren't on the market. Okay. And in the way the market is right now, it's very much a seller's market, but as that changes, it'll get a little different. Um, but it doesn't necessarily change what I do because I'm trying to find your dream house in different ways than just looking on the MLS system. Okay. If we hone in on and know what neighborhood you want, we know, you know, what towns you want to be in. We know, of course, what price range you want to be in. We know the style of houses. Uh, once I get to know you and I get to know that, I get into high gear and I can help find houses that are on the market. And I do a lot of different things to do that. Number one, I talk to everybody I know, you know, just like my friends and stuff. Hey, what do you, what do you know what's going on over there? I have somebody that's looking to buy in that neighborhood. Um, I can send out postcards to certain areas. I can go knock on doors. I can talk to other brokers and say, hey, what do you have coming? You know, things like that. Those are some of the strategies that I use. And that's what I do, you know, for my clients. And that way we're both not doing the same thing. You're doing one thing, looking on the MLS, and I'm doing my thing. And hopefully, both of us working together will be able to find you uh, the property of your dreams. Okay. Um, so, house hunting, house hunting is kind of the fun part, I guess. You know, you get to go see a bunch of different houses. It's it's really cool. Um, we do got to remember that a lot of times. Um, we need to give some notice, you know, to the people that own the property, you know, unless it's vacant, of course. But if uh, if there's people living in the property, oftentimes we have to do, you know, 24 hour notice, 48 hour notice, you know, things like that, whatever, whatever the notes might say there. And we need to respect that. OK, um, so anyway, once we get close and you say, hey, Doug, I really like this house. I want to buy it. Okay, so the next step is let's get you under contract, okay? And this is where by now we're, we're contracted up. So I'm your broker and I can advise you and say, hey, this is how we do it. This is what we got to do. So to go under contract in the state of Maine is uh, we're actually taking a purchase and sale agreement, like an actual contract. And we're just going to write out all the terms, you know, the, the price, um, what's staying with the house, like all the appliances, you know, the washer dryer, you know, whatever. We're going to list all that out when you're going to close. Um, and then the inspection. 
inspection period. And this is very important. The inspection period here in the state of Maine, you know, is uh, typically a couple weeks. You know, I usually write in 10 days and that's business days. Um, so those first couple weeks of being under contract, you get to really evaluate the house, um, bring an inspector over, really go through it and all that kind of stuff. And during that inspection period, you can walk away really, uh, almost really for any reason, okay? Um, if you really want the house, hopefully you're, you know, you're excited about it. You don't just walk away for um, silly reasons, but that there is an out there. So it kind of gives you a little bit of breathing room. If you decide to walk away, you get your earnest money back the whole nine yards, okay? And uh, so all those terms are listed out on the purchase and sale agreement. And since I just mentioned earnest money, you will put some money down with your offer. You know, like let's say, you know, on a $300,000 house, you might, you know, say, hey, $2,000, here's a check. We're going to put it in earnest saying that we're serious about it. Um, either my broker brokerage or uh, the you know, listing brokers, uh, brokerage will hold that earnest money. It goes towards your down payment, but we hold it. And it's kind of, just kind of like your way of saying, Hey, I'm serious. I'm buying, I want to buy this house. Okay. Um, and then it's very hard for you to lose your earnest money though. Cause you got that inspection period that if something comes up and you need to walk away, you get your money back. If uh, your financing falls through with, for whatever reason, you get your money back. Okay. Um, if you're paying cash for a home, you'll want to make sure that you get through that inspection period because once you go through that inspection period, if you're paying cash, I don't have a lot of ways to get you out of a contract. Okay. Financing is a different story because at least if something falls through, you got that, you can fall back and get you out because of the financing contingency. Okay. And then uh, let's see. So we fill out that contract and then we send it over to them and say, Hey, this is what we're offering. Now, because it's a contract that we just sent over, if the seller agrees to it and signs that thing, we're under contract, we're good to go, okay? More times than not, there's some negotiation, okay? And the way the negotiations work is everything's funneled through you. You're the boss in this situation, okay? I'm gonna be able to help talk you through it, but let's say we're, you know, it's a $300,000 house and you know we go in at 285, okay? And, I'm never going to talk on your behalf without going to you first. Okay, I'm not, I'm not supposed to be doing that. You know, I have had buyers tell me like, just just go get it done, just negotiate and get it done. And I always say, look, that's not the way it works. I always call you. You know, if if I go to them and say, hey, 285. You know, we hand them the contract. They come back to me at uh, you know 295. I can't just say yes to that. I have to go to you and and and. I, I'm kind of like the middleman for that, but I'm going to be able to guide you and uh, and make sure that you know look out for your best interest and, and go that way. Okay, so once we come up with um, we land on a price. Okay, you're buying the house, two ninety five. You know, just for this example, two ninety five. Everybody signs off on it. We are now under contract. Okay, all the days, like any deadlines. Um, our business days. So when I say 10 days for inspections, it's actually two full weeks, okay? And and then there's also gonna be deadlines for you needing to get the earnest money in, uh, need to make application for your financing. There's a few things. How we run at Remax Oceanside is uh, my admin, uh, her name is Stacy. She puts together what we call a critical dates letter, okay? And it lays all that out. It has the effective date on there, which is the date that everybody signed the contract. Then it has 
when is the earnest money due, when is the made application due, when is inspections due, and what is the closing date. You know, so all your all your deadlines are right there, and it's great. It gets sent out to you, the, the all the all the brokers involved, everybody involved, so everybody's on the same page. All right, because the to me the inspection date is the most important. Okay, and if you don't know an inspector, which chances are you don't, not a lot of people do. Um, if you're watching this podcast, um, I did a podcast with uh, Brandon Lucier from Pillar to Post. You can go back and watch that or listen to that. But uh, we, of course, have relationships with inspectors, and we can schedule that for you. All right, we can just call them and say, "Hey, you know, we need to schedule this." Oftentimes, we need to go by the schedule of the inspector because they're so busy. So we just book it and then, you know, figure out. Hopefully, everybody can be there. <laughs> you know, um, all that. So we, we'll go ahead and do that. Uh, we can help make arrangements for you to get your earnest money to where it needs to be, um, and then also we we'll get a copy of the purchase and sale agreement over to the lender. Let the lender get going, and then ultimately. The lender and or you, you know, is going to choose a title company to start the title search to make sure there's no title defects like problems with the deed or, you know, things like that. Okay. Um, I'm not going to go too much into that. Again, if you're watching this, I, I interviewed uh, Eric Schaefer at Schaefer Douglas Title. You can check out that podcast and get a lot more information about what a title company does. Uh, but they are the company that also manages all the money. Okay, so when we get to closing, we go, you know, all the money comes to them and they disperse it and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so that's how that goes. So the inspection process is critical. We go through all that. We really inspect the property. This is also a time where some negotiations can happen. If we find something wrong with the house, whether it's big or small, whatever you're comfortable with or not comfortable with, we ask the seller um, to either do the work, give us some money, uh, do nothing. <laughs> you know, those are some of the options. Um, you know, but either way, if you don't back out, uh, once the inspection period is cleared, as we say. We're, we're going, you know, we're, we're ready to go. Now it's time to just go through the financing, you know, get the financing in order and then ultimately get to closing. Okay. Now from there, when you're working with your bank and again, I'll let a lender kind of talk this through with you, but, um, with a lot of the regulations and stuff like that that are out now, they're going to ask you for everything under the sun. And it's, you know, at some point you'll probably think like, well, this is a pain in the butt. But unfortunately, you know, you need to go through it and you need to follow through on, you know, what they're asking for and try to try to get it to them in a, in a timely manner as well, just to make sure that we don't um, delay anything. Okay. So, uh, so that's that. Once we get through that piece, as we get closer to closing, which is the, the day that we're, you're going to buy the house, um, you know, the banks will ask for some more stuff. Um, some, another term that you'll hear is uh, we're waiting for clear to close. And that just means that the lender has said, we got everything we want. We're clear to close. We can go. We, we're good to go. We can go and sit down at the, at the title company and sign all the papers. So the next section that I got written down here is, excuse me, the actual closing. Okay, and everybody thinks this is like a big dramatic thing, but it, re it really isn't. It's just we go we go to the title company, uh, we go sit in one of their conference rooms. There's a closer that sits there and goes through all the documents with you. It's really kind of uneventful because by the time we get to closing, everything's really taken care of. I mean, we're, we shouldn't be walking into the title company unless if everything's done, you know, everything's just ready to go. Okay, but when you do get to closing, you need your driver's license. Okay, um, I always recommend bringing your checkbook as a just in case. Um, by then, you know you'll know if you need to bring any money or not bring any money, and, and how to bring it, and all that kind of stuff will be will be all settled out. So we're literally just going to sign paperwork. 
depending on what kind of loan you have, the closer will sit there with a pile of paperwork like this. It'll look a little overwhelming, but it's not a big deal. Typical closings, you know, maybe a half an hour, you know, I've seen them go 20 minutes. You know, they're really, it's really not as long and drawn out as, as you might have heard. Okay, the closers are very good. They go through it in as much detail as you want. Most of the forms that you're signing on that day can't necessarily be changed. So it's not like, uh, and a lot of it's boilerplate stuff. So a lot of it is just kind of showing you what it is, having you sign it. I tell a lot of my clients that I do so many of these on a yearly basis. I'm kind of there to kind of keep listening. And if I hear anything that sounds weird, if I chime in, then there's an issue, you know, because then I, if I'm chiming in, that means I heard something weird. All right. But the closing is really, again, you're, you're at the, you're at the last, Last stretch here, you know, you're just signing things, okay? And then once you're done signing, all the money goes out, everybody gets their checks or whatever, you get your keys. In the state of Maine, there is no three-day right of rescission or anything like that. So once you walk out of that closing room, you own that house. You've got the keys, you can go to the house, you can go in there, you can stay that night, you can do whatever you want. All right, you're ready to go ahead and, and move in. And that's the uh, that's the last section I have here on my uh, my bullet points is moving in. The house is yours. Congratulations. Um, have a party. Do whatever you want to do. You know, uh, moving in. I Now, when it comes to moving, though, I do recommend movers, but that might be mostly because I value my back. I don't want to be lifting a lot of stuff. You know, I don't want to crack it. So uh, um, anyway, you get to move in at that point. The house is yours. You get to have fun with it and hopefully live there a long time and enjoy Enjoy it and raise you know raise your family or do whatever do whatever you, you plan on doing with your life and and enjoy it. So anyway, I hope this was helpful for you. If you're a first time home buyer um, or you're you're just looking at buying a house and you have any questions about the home buying process, let me know. Send me an email. Um, comment on on this, and uh, I keep track of everything, and and uh, and I'm very quick to respond to things. Send me a message in any way you like, whether it's a text message, Facebook message, Instagram, whatever, whatever is your flavor. Um, look me up. I'm happy to help out in any way, um, in any time. So anyway, thank you guys, and hope you enjoy this. Let me know, and remember, if you're gonna make Maine your home, you don't have to do it alone. I'm getting home. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the Make Maine Your Home podcast. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to subscribe to it, uh, rate it, and of course share it. Uh, you can also check out the video version on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash home. Um, I also want to give a special shout out to Portland Podcast. They're uh, Maine's first podcasting studio. I dump all these files right in their lap and you know they're able to make it happen with ease. So uh, thanks to them. And uh, thanks again for listening. Have a great day and we'll see you all soon.